and speaking your way into your miracle, just speaking your way to victory. Speaking your way to victory. Speaking your way to victory. And uh, the subtext is don't don't forget the signpost. Don't forget your signpost. Don't worry, I'll let you know what the signpost is. Amen. Amen. So we're going to work from first hour 17. We're going to look at my good friend, King David. Hallelujah. First Samuel 17. As we go there, uh, we know that, you know, at the time of David, he was the one, you know, really, you know, pushing back the boundaries and pushing the, 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 the Gentile nations far away from Israel and taking territory to make sure that uh, they try to consolidate the territory of, uh, of the land of Israel. And so first I was 17, I'm going to read a few verses here and there, and then I can uh, then we'll focus on some verses later. First verse four says, and a champion went out as of the Philistines, I will count the Philistines, named Goliath of God, whose height was six cubits, six cubits and a span, that's about 10 feet. All right. And then verse eight, this is the Philistines coming to war against Israel. Verse 8, he says here, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Verse 9, and he, if he is able to fight me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall be our servants and servers. Verse 10. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11. When Saul and Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. David was the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah named Jesse. Who, who had eight sons, just in the days of Saul was old, advancing years. Okay, so now David is introduced eh? because the father in verse uh, 15 says that, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed the father's sheep at Bethlehem. 16, the Philistine came out morning and evening presenting himself for 40 days. 40 days, he is, he is coming out and, 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 and shouting, and the Israelites are running to hide. And Jesse said to David, 6.17, his son, take for your brothers an, an effort of this five grain and these ten loaves, and carry them quickly to your brothers at the camp. 18, and also take these ten, ten cheeses to the commander of the, of, of the thousand. See how your brothers and bring some token from them and so he knows that they are alive. All right, now let's jump there to verse 24. Um, 
So now David has gone there to, 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 to give the package to his brothers. From verse 23, and, the, and as they talked, behold, Goliath, the champion, the Philistine of God, came forth from the Philistine ranks and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. Verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the men, fled from him, terrified. All right, know that the enemy walks with fear. All right, all that Goliath was doing, talking, was to, breathe, to just get fear, you know, take them over. It wasn't so much the, 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 the height, but what they had. And verse 25 says, and Israel, Israel, the Israelites said, have you seen, uh, speaking, to, speaking to David, this man who has come, come out, surely he has come out to defy Israel, and the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free from taxes and service in Israel. And David said, to the men standing by him. What shall be done for the man who kills his Philistine and takes away the report from Israel? The young man wants to know the reward. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Now please notice here that the rest were quiet, but David said, who is this man that will come and speak against, against God? Who is he? I will come and speak against against our God. He said he doesn't qualify. He doesn't even he doesn't come close. Who is he? The rest were quiet. I want us to notice here. You cannot win being quiet. Okay, in spiritual warfare, there's no shut up. You can't be silent. No silence in spiritual warfare. Because when a man is speaking words. They are terrified because he is defying. You know, those demons just get the words and the fear demon took them over and they're all, they're all scared from the king to everybody. And fear is a spirit, okay? And the man told him, thou shall be done. For verse 27, the man who kills him. Of course, his brothers were not happy. Verse 28, now Eliab, his eldest brother heard what he said to the men, and Eliab, Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, why did you come here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and evilness of heart, for you came down that you might see the battle. 29, and David said, what have I done now? Was it not a harmless question? Or is there not a cause? As King James puts it. Puts it. Is there not a cause? To, for this man to be taken out. Verse 30, and David turned away from Eliab to another, and he asked the same question. And again, the men gave him the same answer. And David's words were heard. They were repeated to Saul, and he sent for him. David had a different spirit. David had a different perspective to the trial. David had a different, the rest were already defeated because of, of fear. But David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He doesn't even belong to the kingdom. And he's coming to make this noise. Who is he? He's not coming against us. He's coming against our God. And the devil is not, he can't fight. Look, let me put it this way. Whenever he comes against you, he's coming against your God. Mm -hmm. Whenever he comes against me, he's coming against my God. 
Now I have to tell him. We have to tell him that look here, our God is bigger than big. You are not. You are. You are no match for my God. You are no match for me. You are no match for me because behind me is my Father and my God. Yeah. That's what David was saying. The devil is no match for us because we are one with God, yeah. and we overcome us in Christ Jesus. So when verse 31, when Saul heard, they were repeated. When, when David's words were repeated, were heard, they were repeated to Saul, and Saul sent for him. 32, David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fall because of this, or fail because of this Philistine. <coughs> Your servant will go out and fight with him. You see there? The defense, the rest, the king saw went into hiding. His troops went into hiding. But a man with a different spirit, a man anointed by God, saying, you know what? This man is already fallen. Uh, he said, let no man have fear because of him. Do not fear because of him. He said, he's, he's, he's a dead man, a dead man walking. And so I said to David, you're not able to get to go to, go to fight against the Philistine. You're only an adolescent, and he has been a, a warrior from his youth. You see there? It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter whether you are born again yesterday or born again today. What counts is whether you, you believe in the God yourself. What counts is whether you know that our God is a covenant-keeping God that will not abandon you. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what counts. Not what the devil says. The devil can, can knock you out. He might try to knock you down, but he can't knock you out. Amen. Okay? There is a lifting up when there is a knockdown. Because God won't let you stay down. Hallelujah. Amen. So now, I want us to pay attention. Point number one in this message, rehearse your past victories. Rehearse the past miracles God has wrought for you. When you are faced with a challenge, when you are faced with a situation, remember how far God has brought you. Remember the victories he's given you in the past. Amen? That becomes your signpost. That becomes, you know, markers reminding you of God's faithfulness that, that this time is not going to be any different. Amen. Very important. Very important. David said in verse 34 to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a, a lion or again a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and smote it and delivered the lamb out of his mouth, out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his beard and smote it and killed it. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. You see there? You see that? You see how David spoke? He said, this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like the lion and the bear. In fact, let me read Young's literal translation of the, of, the, of, the, of the Old Testament here, which is closer to the Hebrew. 
both the lion and the bear as your servants meeting, and this uncircumcised Philistine has been as one of them. You see, he didn't say will be, he said has been. In David's mind, this Goliath was already fallen. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine has been as one of them, as that lion or bear, because David realized this victory is not just going to happen. This victory has already been consummated, and I am here as God's representative to make sure that it has come to pass. Amen. He says, the man, he said, Goliath, <clears throat> he said he has been as one of them. This uncircumcised person has been as one of them. For he has reproached the ranks of a living God. He said, for open his mouth, for open his mouth to reproach the ranks of a living God, he is finished. He said, he can't lift his, he can't lift his voice against to defy the God that I serve and defy Israel, the armies of the Most High God. He said, he's been, he's, been, he's been done away with. He's already defeated. That is faith talking. Faith is not saying it's going to be. Faith says it's as it has been. Because the victory has already been consummated and what we are here to do is to enforce it. Amen? Amen. David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the power of the land, out of the power of the bear, he does deliver me from the hand of this place. He said, he does. He's not going to. He's already, he does. He's going to do, he's doing it right now. He delivered me. So no matter what you face, no matter what you face, God has already ordained victory for you. Or put it another way, God has not planned any defeat for you. He has not planned any defeat for us. The devil is a liar. The devil is the one lying to you that you are going to fail. The devil is the one lying to you that, you know, that this time is different. But remember this, God has not planned any defeat for us. The devil is a liar. God has not planned any defeat for me. He has not planned any defeat for you. Whatever lie you hear about being defeated is from an enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, before David even rehearsed the victory, I forgot the first point. The first point is fear not. The first point is fear not. Before he even declared that, started to rehearse his, his, his testimonies, verse 32, he says, he says, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. You see, because if you fear, your faith is suspended. When your fear is operational, faith, uh, uh, sorry, when, fear, when faith is operational, fear cannot operate. But when you yield to fear, faith is suspended. All right. So he rehearsed his past, the past victories that God had given him. Please turn there to Deuteronomy chapter 17. 
Deuteronomy chapter 7, rather. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. Deuteronomy 7, verse 17 and 18. Mark this scripture, don't forget this scripture. So we're talking about speaking our way into victory. We're talking about signposts for victory. He says, if you say in your heart and mind, your, your minds and heart, if you say in your hearts, this nation are greater than I. So sometimes I say this not than we are. But others say greater than I, because God is talking about himself. He says, I and you are one. If you say that greater than you, are saying greater than God. If you say these nations are greater than I, King James and Moses, you say, how can I dispossess them? Amplifier says, if you say this nation again and we are, how can we dispossess them? Take the two together. You, we, and God are one. So if we say that the opposition is there and we are, then we are saying that the opposition is there and God. So we have we have put God out of the equation. It's not going to help us. Never speak the circumstance. Never speak the circumstance that is contrary, that is contrary to the will of God for you. Don't speak the circumstance that is contrary to the victory that you're looking for. He says, if you say in your heart, these nations are God and I, or if you say they're God and you, how can I dispossess them? Because you, 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 you have now taken your eyes off the victory that I gave you. You turn your eyes off the word that I give you that you need to stand on to see my victory. You are now saying the circumstance you face is too much for you. It's too much for, my, for, for, for our God. No, look at verse 18. You shall not be afraid of them. He was telling them not to be afraid of the giants. But remember earnestly what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. He said, remember your past victory that I gave you. Pharaoh thought he had it made. Pharaoh, there was no king greater than Pharaoh at that time. Pharaoh behind Israel, the Red Sea before them, but God was between them and Pharaoh. He said, I gave you victory over Pharaoh that nobody could mess around with. So then, of course, David heard all this. Because they taught him, that, you know, the Torah was, was taught. He said, you shall not be afraid of them. Don't be, uh, don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed by circumstances. Every evil has an expiry date. Everything the enemy does has an expiry date. You can let the expiry date run, you know, take a long time, or you can decide that, no, I've had enough. He said, don't forget the past victories I've given you. Don't let the enemy talk you out of that. Remember the past victories. Remember the past miracles. Remember what you remember, and not just remember, but remind yourself. Tell yourself what God did. Speak to your hearing, because when you do, it will energize your faith. Amen? David said, you know, listen, 
God gave me victory over Goliath, over, over, over the bear and the lion. How much more this? He said, gave me victory over wild animals. The lion, according to Disney, they didn't just make it up, but he's the king of the forest. So he gave him victory over a lion. He said, how much more? Goliath. All right. Don't forget the victories. Don't forget the victories. Number four. Oh, is it four or three? So number three, as you rehearse the testimonies, as you rehearse the past victories, let it lead you to decreeing the, 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 the upcoming victory. You see, David rehearsed the past victories and then said, listen, this Goliath is dead. So when you receive your, your, the rehearsal of your past miracles of victory that God has done for you is to, is to embolden you to now speak the miracle of the present and speak the victory over the situation that you're facing. You see, he said, he gave me victory over a lion, victory over a bear. So now, Goliath too, I already have victory over Goliath. He said, this Goliath has been dead. He that did that for me, he's already done this for me. You see, by the time he went through narrating the testimony, you read that from verse 34, you know, before you get to verse 37, he's seen the man dead. He said, Goliath too has fallen. Now, this is something very interesting. The next verse we're going to see, um, point number four. And David said, I've not tested this. Point number four is, let me read this before I make a point. Verse, verse 38 and 39. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a, with a coat of mail. And David gathered his sword over his armor. And, and then we gave his over his armor. Then he, he tried to go, but could not, for he was not used to it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with this, for I am not used to them. And David took them off. You see, David did not try to use what he's not used to. There are certain instruments, equipment that he was used to. He didn't try to use what he was not used to because then he would be able to fight. He wouldn't be agile enough to move. Amen? He wouldn't be agile enough to move. All right, let me, let me, let me put it this way. Let me bring it home. All right? You see, when you face a situation, people will tell you, well, you know, this is how you should do it. And give you all kinds of formula, you know, formulae or whatever of what to of what to do. But you have to you have to realize that what I'm telling you sometimes is not what you've tested tested. All right? She's down here. Constance, can you hear me? 
Just one second and get somebody to. Can you hear us? Unmute her now. Unmute her. Unmute her. Unmute yourself. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Are you here? Well, you're, you're on mute. So on mute. You have to unmute. All right. I guess I'm going to take care of you. Now, this is what I was saying. When you face a challenge, somebody might come and give you a, a method. You say, well, this is what to do. But you have not tried that. All right. Then we said, I have not tried this. Camry that you're giving me. I know what I have. I know what I've, I have tried. I know it works. This one, I don't know. Okay. Um, Dr. Anne, yep. can I ask something? I feel also, you know, he was trusting God as previously. He didn't have this armor to fight the bear. Why should he need it now? You know? Yes. Maybe he, maybe he said, okay, I'll try your armor on politely, but I'm going to decline it. And, you know, in his own mind, he's thinking this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he tried it on. Just, I mean, he tried it, he tried it on, and finally, we couldn't work, work, work with it. So when I got to that passage this morning, anyhow, he stopped, he stopped with me. He said, I have not tried this. I have not tried this. Now, the best way I'm going to explain this is simply this. <clears throat> you know, there are people that everything they want to do is pray about every situation. About you know, oh, I'm gonna fast and pray about this about this situation. Now, I am not against fasting and prayer. They are used to that. Now, I'm used to taking authority and then praying because. I'm used to, you know, getting to the world, getting myself energized with the world, getting my faith up, then I decree. And once I get to that place, I know something must happen. Now, if somebody come and give me, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. And I, I have even tried that. I find it doesn't work for me. Because that's not the way the Lord has taught me. You see, each and every one of us, God knows us and he teach the ways he teaches us, you know, to fight. All right? So David said, I'm not used to this. All right? Somebody says, okay, I have to fast, fast for this number of days to be able to. There's nothing wrong with that. Fasting gets you to hear God. But I'm just saying that there's a thing where God has taught you how to, how, to, how to obtain victory. Don't lose sight of that. All right? Whatever you do, Make sure you have a clear conscience towards God and man. Whatever you do, Acts 24 verse 16, make sure you have a clear conscience towards God and man because unforgiveness will block your victory. That's where the enemy will begin to say, yes, I have you in a corner. Acts 24 verse 16, Paul says this, Therefore, I always exercise and discipline myself. Modifying my body, deadening my kind of affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, endeavoring in all aspects to have a clear conscience, a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience, but of offense towards God and, and toward men. He says, 
I'm not upset with God. I'm not upset with man. Some you see, the devil will make you get angry with God. If you get angry with the one who is to help you, where are you going to get help from? So Paul says, listen, I endeavor to make sure that I have a clear conscience towards my heavenly father and a clear conscience towards men. You see, the people that make you upset the most are the ones that wrong you and it's painful are the ones close to you. Not some stranger outside. But the stranger, I say, well, I'm not going to see that. See the stranger. But people that you are friendly with, you know, relation or whatever, people, that you, people you thought should understand you better are the ones that are going to provoke you the most. Paul says, by the Holy Ghost, have a clear conscience towards God and man. All right? So David said, I've not tested this. So, because, you see, people, people, the way God has used people, and then they say, well, I'm always going to do it. But listen, whichever way he has been teaching you and taught you, you start from there. He will direct you what else to do. All right? If he wants you to make a detour, make a detour. The key is you got to listen to God. All right? So, like I said, you know, maybe anyone will attack my body. I will take authority. But what I'll do before I take authority and make sure that I'm get, I get to the place where I take authority and see it happen. What I mean by that is that the scriptures I used to, to build up my faith. To stir my, stir my, my inner man, stir up the anointing in me. So that by the time I get to take authority, I know that I know it has to change. Amen? Amen. You see, you I'll go to scriptures like Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 that says that uh, the word of God is alive and is full of power. It's effective, it's energizing, it's operative. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing line of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow the deepest parts of our nature. So now I'm speaking because the enemy is trying to attack my body, so I know the word sees every cell of my body. He says it's a discerner of the thoughts in terms and purpose of the heart. Verse 2 13 says this, not a creature exists. Whether it is COVID, not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight. So the devil and his demons are not conceived from the side of God because sickness comes from Satan and his demons. The Bible talks about spirits of infirmity. Not a creature exists that is conceived from the side. So every cell in your body and mind are open to the word of God equally. All right? But all things are open naked and defenseless before the eyes of him will have to do. So now I'm beginning to hear that I'm talking to myself. I'm reading it out loud for me to hear. Okay? So I'm hearing that, and he's doing something inside me. And then I said, okay, this word sees all things. The word sees every cell in my body. The word sees what the enemy is trying to do to me. So now, this word is a consuming fire, according to Jeremiah 23, verse 29. I have to remind myself of that. That the fire of God consumes every, oh, glory. Yeah. Oh, glory. The glory. The fire of God consumes everything that cannot endure the test. Amen. Nothing stands in the way of the glory. Nothing stands in the way of the, of the, of the, of the, of the word of God. Amen. The word is a consuming fire. 
And that fire consumes everything that cannot endure the test. That fire wipes out everything that the enemy tries to throw at you. You see, when I began to hear things like scriptures like that, and I and I and I realized that that Elijah said, Answer me, O God, in first Kings 18, verse 36. Answer me, O God, and said, This woman, no, you are God in Israel. I've done this at your word. The Bible says, and the fire of the Lord fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice that was wet. That's the next paraphrase. Because it was called water. And consumed the wood and consumed the stones and the dust and licked up the water of the tree. It's a fire fire of God, Holy Ghost fire, consumes stones. So then what is difficult, too difficult that the word of God will not take care of. It doesn't exist. What the word cannot do does not exist. What sickness that the word cannot consume does not exist. What a glory. Amen. As in my I said, what the word cannot do does not exist. Amen. There is no sickness that the glory of God cannot consume. Yes. You see, when you begin to hear that, when you begin to hear that, and, and your spirit man is being stirred up, and then I go to Mark 11, verse 20, 24, verse 13 and 14. Jesus saw the victory, and the victory was covered with leaves. And Jesus said to the victory, the Bible said he answered the victory. Go and check it out. He answered the victory. Every circumstance speaks to you. Every circumstance of the devil's making speaks to you. That the victory spoke to Jesus. He lied that he had leaves when he, when he, when he didn't have fruit. Because with the victory, they have leaves and fruit at the same time. Jesus said to the victory, no man ever eat food from here forever. And the, the, the Bible said the disciple heard it. The victory heard it and he died. Verse 20, Peter said, Master, of Mark 11, the fig tree which you cursed dried up from his roots. And then Jesus said in verse 22, have the faith of God. The faith of God speaks and expects something to happen. The faith of God speaks and he doesn't look back because Jesus spoke over the, against the fig tree, until the fig tree. He did not look back. It was the disciples that looked back. Why? Because he knew what he said would happen. He knew he spoke his words and his words cannot return void. Remember, we learned that the word of God cannot return until he's done what God said. So when you speak the word of God, you expect to see the glory of God. When you speak and expect to see the glory, you must see the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You must see the glory. Jesus said in verse 22 of Mark 11, he says, he says there, have the faith of God. The faith that speaks and doesn't look back. The faith that speaks and expects it to happen. He said, have the faith of God. He said, whoever says to this mountain, be uprooted and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in his heart. But believe that what he says takes place. Believe that what he says is, he shall have whatever he says. He says it will happen because he's taking place in the spirit. He must manifest in the natural. David understood this principle. He said, Goliath is a dead, is a dead, a dead man walking. And so when David went to war and he took one stone out of five, the stone which represents Jesus, he knocked out Goliath. Because he had always spoken that Goliath was a dead man walking. 
and so you speak, you speak the end result. And guess what? You must see the glory of God because Satan cannot stop you. You know that you are one with God. You know that the whole of heaven is behind you. You know that the armies of heaven are backing you up. You know that you have the Holy Spirit and God is with you to ensure that you are victorious. Amen. God is with us to put us away. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm going to take you back a little bit. You were going through four things. The first thing you said was rehearse your past victories. Yes. But then well, later. The first, the first thing is fear not. That was the first one. Okay. Fear not is number one. So rehearse your victories is number two. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Let me get that back in order. Is that the same as declare victory over your situation? Then the third one is let your rehearsal of your testimony of your past victories lead you to, de to decree victory over the present situation. Okay, so that's number three. Yes. Okay. And then what was number four? Number four is start use what you're used to. Use what start you're used there. to. Start, okay. Start from there. Use what you're used to. Okay. Because people will give you the different this thing. Well, you're gonna to have to do it. Then you yeah. find that you try that, and it doesn't, you, you, you know, right. it doesn't sit with you. You right. gotta go back to who you are, who God has made you, what you, how He has trained you on how to how to operate. Got it. From there. And then you see the glory of God. Thank you. You see, once you have used your mouth to speak, you see, you you don't go beyond. You can't go beyond what you say. You cannot go beyond your utterances. Your utterances propel you. You see, it was David's utterance that propelled him into battle. That's the final point. Because David ran to battle. He did not stay back. He ran into it. Your utterances will propel you to victory. Your utterances in line with the word, okay, not outside of the word, in line with the word. And that was what I was telling you how I get to build up my faith. This is the way I operate. Other people do other things. That's the way I operate because I expect that I must see the glory of God. And once I do that, I, I normally see the glory. And if you pray, there's nothing wrong with prayer because prayer, you're putting forth words and pray the word of God. Pray the word of God. Don't just, don't complain. Complaining is talking about what, what you're facing. Prayer is praying the answers. Okay? Pray what you want to see. Mark eleven twenty four says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe. You receive them, you have them. So you cannot pray what you have. You pray about what you desire to see. The problem, you already have it. The solution is what you want to see. So you pray the solution, not the problem. Amen? Amen. Because when you pray the word, you're going to pray the solution. The word you stand on to pray carries your miracle. Your miracle may be unseen, but when you see that thing in the word, that is where it is, it is hidden. That's why Paul says, we look not to what is seen in 2 Corinthians 4, 18. But to the unseen, 
The unseen is seen in the word of God. And when you take it and put it in your mouth and declare, then it becomes real. Amen. Amen. Who, who, is, who, who has an illness here I want me to pray over? Somebody, somebody has some, somebody has some um, sickness or whatever. Now you, if, if speak up, uh, you are, you are, you are muted. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I, I would like to ask the pray for my friend. She still, she cannot walk. She cannot walk. Yeah, she's paralyzed. So. Yes. Uh, hello. Just one second. Let's let's finish this one first. Let's finish it. Uh, uh, Sister Rizma, I'll call on you. Yes, Sister Thelma. Yeah, my friend Hosanna. She, yes. She cannot. She paralyzed from her hip too. She cannot walk for two months. What's wrong with her? Well, they didn't find anything. I think it's something spiritual, but. It, because the doctor, she's in the hospital for almost two months. They didn't find anything. Nothing's wrong with her health, with her body. Just she cannot walk. Hallelujah. Well, let's get a picture. Now, you are the one standing here. You are the one. You are the one standing in the gap. So now, we're going to change from she cannot walk to she's walking. Because when you when I hear she cannot walk, you you are miracle. You say she can't walk. So... <laughs> So we're going to change it from she cannot walk to she's walking. Amen? Amen. So we're going to come into agreement. Now I want just want to show you where I'm going to open it from. So I can see. Yeah. So Luke's Gospel chapter 13. Ah, look. Luke's Gospel chapter 13. All right, sister, tell my pay attention here. Hallelujah. We'll read that from verse 11. Sister Rosemary, we'll call on you next. Read that from verse 11. There was a woman there who, had, who for 18 years had had an infirmity caused by a spirit, a demon of sickness. Okay? So now you know. No, there's no sickness that's natural. Okay, let's just get that straight. Satan is the author of sickness and disease. So when you realize that, you don't think anything is natural here. Sickness is not natural. Hallelujah. Amen. The woman was bent over. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up to look upward. And when she saw her, and when Jesus saw her, he called her. He called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are released from your infirmity. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Then he laid hands on her, and instantly she was mistreated and recognized and thanked and praised God. All right, God's word acted upon God's word, praise God's result. Now he said, Woman, you are loose. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When are you seeing her next? When next are you seeing her, Sister Thelma? Well, she's in rehab on 
it's a little bit far from here, one hour from here. Yeah. Uh, she go home, go back home to Tuesday. I see. So you're not planning to see her before then. But I can go there tomorrow if you if you good. take good, good, good. Yeah, I will. So you're going there tomorrow. Okay, you're okay. going there tomorrow. I'm not talking about Tuesday. We're going there tomorrow. Okay. Uh, let me explain something to you. You see, Jesus said, Woman, you are loose. Did you hear that? And then the Bible says, and then he laid his hands on her. And instantly she was mistreated. Years ago when we lived in Maryland, a mother came to a meeting and um, the daughter had lupus and that affected her spine. And the Lord said, lay hands on her palm. When she goes home, she lay, that she, would lay on, she should lay on her daughter. She went there and laid hands on the, on the daughter and she said, the bones began to crackle and straighten out. The bones began to crackle and straighten out. And that girl was healed from lupus. I'm going to speak over her. You're going to, you're going to put your hand over against mine here. Sister Thelma. Mm -hmm. You're going to put your hands against mine. Okay. All right, good. And then tomorrow, go and lay hands on her. Amen. Because that demon would have left her this moment that we're going to speak. Mm -hmm. That demon can Mama Seke Rabba Momosuto cannot stand against the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we bind your foul demonic spirit of infirmity that has attacked Hosanna. Right now, we command you, loser, go and don't come back. In the name of Jesus. Hosanna, you are loose now in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you. Holy Spirit of God, quicken her right now from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. I thank you, Lord, for your glory that has quickened her. Hosanna, you are healed and whole. Thank you, Father, for anointing my sister's hand. Even as she lays her hands on her, I thank you for the testament that has come back to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, so sister, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We count it done. So tomorrow, go and lay hands on her. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Rosemary. Yes, yeah, I, uh, my home, the sun is my home. There's some noise in the background, and we're not hearing you. Yeah, the sun of my home is taking me back to the whole frame. My bone friend. My bone friend from my the crane of my head. You know, my back, I waist, my legs. Okay. Yeah. That is yeah, the whole the whole frame of my bone. Alright, okay. Praise God. It's explaining me to the extent that if I match, you know, like I'm walking, I'm matching my Matching the ground, as I can feel it, feel the pain, you know, the way generating all, right. all over. Okay, good. I said, feeling when I'm lying down. I'm okay. lying down. Right, okay, get ready, get ready to go to be loose. Mm -hmm. Get ready to be loose now. I'll, I'll, I have to meet you so you can hear me. Get ready to be loose. Mm -hmm. 
You have come to Jesus. Nobody went to him and left empty-handed. Nobody went to Jesus and left empty-handed. This woman was bound, and the Lord said she is loose. Try to put one hand at your uh, at, the, at your back, just around your the bone at the top of your just between your neck and your and the rest of your body. That, that bone there because it goes all the way down. Hallelujah. Just the bone there. And get ready to be whole. As I speak, receive because that's the that's the, the difference between victory and defeat. See yourself well. See yourself well. Lord, I thank you for your glory. Lord, I thank you for your glory. 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 In the name of Jesus, we bind you. I bind you, foul demonic spirit of bone infirmity. In the name of Jesus. Yes, you foul spirit of infirmities. Attacking my sister's bone and nerves. Right now, we bind you, I command you, get over, go to the dry place where you belong. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I decree you are loose right now. Amen. Fire, 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 fire of God, consume everything that's on in that back right now. I speak to your bones, I command them to function right. I speak to your nerves, I, com- I command them to relax and function right. In the name of Jesus, you are loose. Holy Spirit of God, book in my sister right now. Be quickened from the crown of your head to the source of your feet. Life, wholeness, life, wholeness, life, wholeness, I speak over you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lift up your voice and thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I will praise you, Lord. I praise you, I praise you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for setting my sister free. Thank you, Lord, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for setting Hosanna free. Thank you, Lord, for setting Sister Rosemary free. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, now I'm going to speak. Whoever is sick, put your hand, whatever wherever that is. Hallelujah. Right now, Mama Seka. Merebo korobo seke. Maraba korobo seke. Araba kine makanda. Meme sekende rebo korobo seke. I thank you, Lord, for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for your glory. I thank you for your knowledge that destroys every yoke. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil. I bind you, spirits of infirmities. I charge you right now. Lose God's own and be gone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be loose right now. Holy Spirit of God, rise up. Fall afresh in us. Quicken us afresh now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Oh, lift up your voice and thank him. We praise you, we praise you, we worship you. We give you thanks and praise, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your loving kindness. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Be glorified, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, I pray and apply blood Jesus over each and every one of us. Amen. Over members of us, the family, the standing family, the call of the blood of Jesus. Amen. There is a fire near the call of the blood of Jesus. The bloodline surrounds us, our homes, our workplaces, Amen. the means of trying to use separation from every force of evil. 
The Lord bless us and keep us. Mm -hmm. The Lord make his wish upon us and be gracious unto us. Mm -hmm. The Lord lift us up and give us peace now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, sorry, I went over. That's okay. Everybody have a